This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here in Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday noon Eastern, you can call us right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives in Philadelphia. I'm also the author of Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. So if you haven't gotten that book, go ahead on Amazon and order it today. Of course, we have Dream Team in studio, Michelle and Dion, ready to take your calls right now at 844-942-7866. So if it's Thursdays, it is always open calls. and We want to hear from you on any and all career and job search related topics. So we always do current news in the beginning. And so today, October 10th, is World Mental Health Day, which is a day for global mental health education, awareness, and advocacy against social stigma. First celebrated in 1992, this year, the World Federation for Mental Health has made suicide prevention the main theme of World Mental Health Day. Suicidal behavior has existed throughout human history, but in the past few decades, it's reached alarming statistical levels. So if you know someone who is struggling, or maybe you're struggling, please reach out to a loved one, clergy, counselor, someone at your school, a friend, and remember that 1-800-SUICIDE-HOTLINE is open 24-7, and there's a lot of great online resources. I think this is a really important topic, and I know we usually keep career talk very light, but as a licensed psychologist, one of the things that we know is if we, we stigmatize mental health, and specifically suicide, that a lot of things go unnoticed and people feel very alone and isolated. So please, please, please don't think that if you ask somebody about it or if you reach out and ask somebody how they're doing and if they need help that they're going to get this idea in their head because it just doesn't work that way. Please, please reach out to someone you love today. Hey, and this is an appropriate topic because we are talking about college students today and there's a lot of pressure going on on college campuses today around grades and jobs and all of that. And of course, we're super excited to have one of our favorite guests back, Beth Hendler-Grunt, who is the founder and president of Next Great Step, a firm that has guided hundreds of college students and recent grads to achieve career success through coaching, group sessions, public speaking engagements for individuals, universities. So we love having Beth here. She's featured everywhere, the New York Times, CNBC, ZipRecruiter, many, many other media outlets. So if you've not yet heard of Beth and you have a college student, you're going to want to look her up right now. Beth, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. And we love having you in studio. So thank you for making the effort to come down here and talk about college students. This is always a very relevant topic because, again, there's so much pressure going on. So whether you're a recent college grad or you're in college or maybe a loved one is in college and struggling, thinking, what do I do next? How do I figure out my career? Or maybe I'm in a job that 
ugh, doesn't feel right to me or is not related to my major, today's show is for you. We want to hear from you at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are going to get right into it, Beth. So a lot of trends going on right now. So can we kick off with what are some of those trends? Sure, Absolutely. Some of the trends that actually complemented what you talk about with World Mental Health Day, we are finding that grads are still stuck. Whether they graduated three months ago or three years ago, they're having a tough time and it's taking much longer than expected to start a career after college. And one of the things that we're finding through, you know, a lot of top psychologists like yourself say that, you know, 30 to 40 percent of college students have diagnosable anxiety or depression, and it's affecting their ability to move forward with their life. So it's a challenge that that we see happening. The other thing we see is that a lot of millennials, because of these challenges, are moving back home. Over 50% of millennials are moving home after graduation, not by choice. Mm-hmm. And by their parents' choice or their choice. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, you know, in, in spite of a really low unemployment rate right now, there is still this challenge where they're not sure how to move forward, they're not sure to have success, or they try to apply some to some jobs online, and it's just not coming together for them. So I, I know that there's still, you still read about the 2008 recession and how that's still impacting students who graduated around that time, and we're hearing that there's another recession looming. Nobody knows exactly when it's going to be, but obviously if you're a recent grad or you're in college right now, that might be something that's, that's on your mind. So how can can students prepare for that or what conversations should parents be having to to prepare students for that potential that could happen in the next year? Sure, that is a concern. It's in the news a lot. What we tell students is think like the person who you want to work for. Think like a CEO or an executive and what's important to them. And what's important to a business owner is making money, saving money, reducing their risk, helping to impact the bottom line. The more that you can show how you can do that will help you to differentiate yourself from other candidates. Now, a lot of students will say, well, I'm just in college. How can I impact the bottom line? But if you were part of a club and you help to grow the membership, you show that you can help improve you know, a metric like sales. Or maybe you're uh, waiting tables and you're able to increase the amount that you sell someone in terms of food and beverage. You're able to increase the bottom line. So just take examples from what you've done and help show how you can help that business or that company be more successful because of you. Yeah, I think that's that's a great tip for everybody because I think we often minimize our work because we're, we're good at what we do and we do it with ease. And so we forget that the things that we're doing every day, whether a college student or somebody who's worked for 20 years, that these things are are actually very marketable to other companies, to other employers. And so I think we all need to step back this fall and kind of do an assessment of, of what do we do every day that actually makes a difference that maybe we've forgotten or we take for granted right now because we, we do it so naturally. So I think that's a really good tip. Take a look at what you're doing. And even if your job doesn't require a measurable result, like, for example, sales or something that actually has numbers and metrics, there's always a way to quantify it. So I'm glad you brought that up, Beth, because I want to talk about that, not just for college students, but again, this is this is helpful for everybody. What if you're in a job that is not quantifiable by just the, the nature of the job? What are some things that you can measure that you can then turn around and sell to an employer? 
great question. I get this all the time, especially from college students who are trying to quantify their experience. It doesn't have to be in dollars. It could be how many reports did you generate? How many pieces of data did you have to sift through? How many hours were you able to do it? Maybe you did it faster. It only took you four hours versus someone else took them six. So it could be time. Just what kind of units? Everything can be measurable, even when it comes to research, when it comes to things that are more, even if you're writing content. I wrote three articles for my you know, college newspaper. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of things. You just got to think about what. how does it impact the bigger picture? Sometimes we feel like we're in the weeds. They, well, all I did last summer was I just filed papers. But maybe because you filed papers, you enabled three attorneys to go out to court and win cases because mm-hmm. you took care of things that they needed done. So how does it also help the big picture? I encourage them to look at as well. Yeah, that is such a great example. And and one of the ways, if you're, if you're not able to kind of, what I say, kind of play the string out, like what's next and what's next and what's next after you do, is like ask yourself, what if I didn't show up tomorrow? What if I didn't show up the next day? What if I didn't show up the next day? What are those things that would start to fall through the cracks? And so, for example, uh, Beth, you talked about filing. If that doesn't happen, then the attorneys can't get to their court cases, can't win. Their clients are not going to um, get what they need. The business falls apart. And I think people say, oh, yeah, but that's really making this grander than it is. But it's really not. Because here's what I'll say. If you are working somewhere and getting a paycheck, what you do is valuable. And you just have to follow the chain and ask yourself, if you didn't show up, what would start to fall apart? And then what would start to fall apart after that? That's kind of your answer for your accomplishments. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with Beth Hendler Grunt, who is the founder of Next Great Step. And it's Thursday, which means we're here taking your calls all hour long at 844-844-942-7866. Of course, you can also tweet at Dr. Don Graham. We're going to go right to the phones this morning with Karen in New York. Karen, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi, thank you for taking the call. Um, hi, I have a son who has just started his sophomore year at Monmouth University. He's declared his major already as communication journalism major. And we are wondering right now if he should start the process of an internship uh, looking since he is yes. a sophomore. Yes, yes. I'm just going to say yes, and I'm going to turn it over to Beth because I know that's what I know she's ready to dive in. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So thank you so much for that question. Yes, this comes up so often. I recently uh, were talking to a number of parents and just on the opposite end, parents who have grads say, I wish I knew. And one of the big things they wish they knew was how early the process starts and how their child should start looking for an internship as soon as possible. Now, a lot of students will come to me and say, well, I went to the career fair and they only want to talk to juniors, so why even bother? You don't only have to rely on that one source to find internships, and it could just be something that builds your skill set. So whether it's working part-time, if he's a communications major, maybe he can freelance and write articles or blog, or he should find what interests him and write some articles and offer to share it with sources that might want to publish it. But the sooner that he can get some real experience, the better it helps him along the way. It also helps them make decisions about what they don't like. And now is a great time to take risks when you're in college because 
you you can afford to take some risks. You don't maybe have the same financial obligations that you might have when you, once you graduate, but it's a great way to test out what you want. And employers are looking for it. They're looking for real world experience. There's a quote by NACE, which is the National Association of College and Employers, that say that internships are now being held in just as high regard and are as influential as your GPA and where you went to school. Yeah, I, I would even say it's 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 more. I mean, if I'm looking to hire somebody, I, I mean, I totally buy into that statistic. And, and you're going to get asked, how have you applied what you learned? You're going to get asked. So if you have a great GPA, but you have no applied work experience, you have you have nothing that you can prove to an employer. But I'm going to ask a question on your behalf, Karen, because I'm, I'm curious, Beth, um, what if what if her son can't find something in journalism or, you know, maybe maybe um, yeah, like what should he take something else? Should he should he not do anything? Which what is your advice? Great question. Sometimes everyone feels like it has to be this perfect internship. It does not have to be perfect. I think you should think about the skills that you're trying to acquire. So maybe he's a good writer, but maybe he wants experience in social media, so he knows how to do digital marketing. Or maybe he wants to learn more in a different you know, film or video. Anything related to it, I think, is good. It doesn't have to be so only one thing. I think be open to different experiences that build the skills that you have. So when you come out of school and you're interviewing, you can show the different skill sets that you've acquired in different places. It doesn't have to be a perfect path from A to B. Kind of zigzags, as sometimes I say, or you have to. You can do different things that help build your profile. Yeah, and I think everybody at some point is going to be a switcher. So the more skills you can build into your resume into your skill set, the more helpful that you're going to be to a company because you do have a diverse background. So I'm curious, what about? unpaid internships? Because I know a lot of times in media, some of those internships are unpaid. Um, Karen, is your son considering those as well? He probably will be, yes. I think any real world experience for him will obviously pay off later on in the end. So absolutely. So what are your thoughts on that, Beth? Look, people have can have to make decisions about what they can afford to do. I have a lot of students say, I have to do something. I have to make money over the summer to help pay for college. And I totally respect that. There are ways that you can get part-time experience. It doesn't have to be your full-time you know, job every single day, but try to do something. So you have to ultimately make the decision as a, as a student, as a family, whether you can afford it. But there are so many great opportunities, even while you're on campus, whether you are volunteering or you're job shadowing. I highly recommend that. People don't think about that, where you just come in and watch what someone does, because very often that can turn into saying, hey, could I come help you a few days a week? Could I just watch what you're doing? These turn into mini internships while you're at school. So it may not be the formal big you know, rotation program that you had in mind. Maybe you need to spend your summers you know, making money. I'd like to see more employers paying for internships. I think sometimes employers uh, don't because they're trying to get less expensive labor. So that's another issue. But I think finding different ways to get experience as you can. And if you have to work in other ways to make the money, then try to balance both. Yeah. And the other thing I really like about uh, your son going into an internship, Karen, is oftentimes what you learn in the classroom is very different from what the actual culture and work environment is like. So, you know, if your son paid or unpaid goes into an internship in media and decides, wow, this is not at all what I thought my day to day would be like. I thought I would be doing more of this and less of this. This is a good time for him to realize that versus his senior year when he's when he's looking for jobs. Karen, thank you so much for your call. Was this helpful? 
Very helpful. This is all great advice. Thank you. I didn't think about a couple things the way you put it, so it's a lot to think about, but thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for calling. Best of luck to your son. We're rooting for him. And hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. If it's Thursday, we're taking your calls right now live at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're here with Beth Hendler-Grunt, who is the founder and president of Next Great Step, a firm that has helped hundreds of college students and recent grads achieve achieve success. So Beth, Karen made me think of something that uh, I wanted to ask. So how many students or what percentage of students actually go into their job in their major after they graduate? I mean, and I know it changes all the time, but I mean, what would you say on average? Well, there's a statistic that came out that 93% of grads actually believe they'll land a job in their major, but only 60% actually do so. Interesting. So they have these grand plans, but there's other opportunities. There's different paths to take. So it's not always what they think. And I think that's part of the challenge, too. A lot of there's a lot of preconceived notions of what it's going to be like when they graduate, as well as the kind of job. And then reality comes in of either the challenge of that or maybe it's just not what they thought. Just not what they thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and I think that's OK. I think yeah. there's a lot of other things that, you know, that happened in your life where you decide that's not the culture I want to be in, that's not the type of geography I want to work in and things of that nature. But that's why I think internships are so important if you can get them early because then you can make a decision that, hey, you know, maybe this isn't what I want. What what about the pressure to major in something that has good career options but is not something you're interested in where where do you I know parents think about this a lot and actually I just was read a headline today and get into the article but there was a dad who refused to pay for his daughter's college unless she majored in something he felt was employable you know what are your thoughts on that this is an interesting one. This comes up a lot as I talk to hundreds of parents along the way. There was an article just recently in the New York Times about how saying that liberal arts majors catch up to STEM majors uh, some years on. So it doesn't matter whether you studied liberal arts or STEM, you ultimately actually have the same financial opportunities. I think parents have to realize that one size does not fit all. And that if your child studies something because you Sometimes they need the encouragement, but if you're, you know, really forcing their way, ultimately they may end up being a switcher (laughs) because if it doesn't speak to them in terms of what they want. I I know some families that were very business oriented as both parents were very entrepreneurial and wanted their child to go in that direction. And he said, I don't I don't feel it. I don't enjoy math. I don't enjoy the science part. I want psychology. But the parents didn't have an understanding of what that looked like for them. But he's on his way to be a psychologist. So it's just having to also listen to them. So give them chances expose them to a lot, give them opportunities to meet people and talk. I think that's one of the biggest problems too. Even students don't talk to enough people who are doing the actual job that they're Mm -hmm. considering or that their parents are considering for them to find out what it's really like. I mean, going back to the internships or shadowing or networking actively to understand what does it look like if I did this kind of role. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because students who are kind of forced to go into majors, I would assume, feel a lot more pressure. I would assume it takes them longer to finish if they finish at all. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen any direct research on that. But the fact is, a lot of companies now want soft skills. And I don't even call them soft skills anymore because I think they're 
very critical to what companies need. Problem solving, critical thinking, the ability to influence relationships, understanding people. And these skills often can be found in a great liberal arts type degree, English or, or other things that maybe a parent might say that's that's not going to get you a great job. But the fact is, if, if you can maximize these skills, these are what companies are looking for. Yeah, actually, there's this, even, again, I'm quoting um, NACE. They happen to come out with a lot of good statistics lately. They said that the employers considered the most important skills, written communication, problem solving, and the ability to work in a team. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, they didn't I'm not saying that coding is not important, but they didn't say a specific, you know, technical um, aspect. So I think you can learn those in lots of different majors and lots, lots of different ways, just getting the exposure and doing it the way that feels right for, for the student. Yeah. Hey, 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And if you're a recent grad or parent of a college student, do yourself a favor and bookmark Next Great Step. Beth Hundler grunt helps hundreds of students to find career success. And we're excited to have her here, here, here all hour long on Career Talk, 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Stacy in New Jersey. Stacy, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hi, um, my daughter is very frustrated, and obviously I feel her frustration also. Um, she graduated in May. She's an English. She was an English major, and she's been looking for a PR job all summer up until now, and she just hasn't been able to find anything. And it's really, really hard out there. And she doesn't have specific PR skills, so to say, so to speak. But she's, you know, done a lot in the English field. And I'm just wondering if you have any suggestions on how I can help her. Uh, Yes, we do. You called the right show. Can you tell us um, how she's been applying? Can you tell us what her job search approach has been? It's been traditional. I mean, she's done some networking through people, obviously, that we know or I know. Um, And she's also just been sending it out on all the websites that are, you know, career-oriented websites, such as, you know, um, Dice and all the other um, sites that you can post your resumes on. And um, is she is she working now, even though she's not working in PR? Is she working part-time or doing, you know, a job while she's looking? She's just doing, like, part-time work at a, at a law firm, and it's mostly, like, data entry. So it's not even related to the field, um, just so she just has something to do and has some money coming in while she's looking for a job. Yes, so the the goal is to take that and make it related. But Beth, this is this is your wheelhouse, so go for it. <laughs> yeah, so this this comes up all the time that they start applying online. So I'll just uh, you can't see in the studio, but both Don and I looked at each other when the whole jo- online job boards are just impossible. They're so so difficult for a recent grad to find a job, and that's actually not a great use of their time. It is better to, to network, but also they have to have real clarity about how they talk about themselves and their ability to articulate the skill set they have. What we find is so many grads are afraid to either feel like they're being too forward or they feel like they're bragging. So one of the things to 
you know, give some guidance is just sit down with her and say, you know, what are the top three skills? If you were to explain yourself to an employer, what are those top score, core skills that you have? Maybe it's that you're, you have strong writing skills. Maybe you have the ability to, um, you're a strong editor, or maybe you're also good at analyzing information. And then if, once you understand what those skills are, let's make sure she has an example that backs it up, whether it's something she did at school, in a club, in a class, or working at the law firm. So help her to create what I call the skill story to describe your experience. And then make sure she's doing some research. One of the things we find is that they need to read the news and read, especially in their area. So trade journals, things specific to PR, if she really wants that, to make sure you're looking at that. She can get ideas of names of companies that she can talk to. But most importantly, she needs to target her search. She should pick 10 companies that she's really interested in, in the geographic area that she wants, and 10 people that have a job that she wants. Then she wants to talk with them to really understand what it's like to be there. But those conversations lead you into jobs. 80% of jobs are never posted. They're never posted online. You have to uncover this, what we call the secret job network of finding people who have the job because they're the ones who are going to introduce you and push you further into this hiring process. Yeah, and I'm going to tag on to that. 80% of jobs are never posted, which means 100% of candidates are competing for 20% of the available jobs. And I know that's a lot of math for career talk here, but but it's really important to recognize because that will make any job seeker frustrated because if it if you're applying and you have a great skill set for the role and you're not getting called, you start to blame yourself and what am I doing wrong? And the fact is you're probably not doing anything wrong because a lot of that 20% has internal candidates that they're planning to hire anyway, but they have to go through the legal requirements of posting it. So online, generally not a great place, especially for a competitive a group of college students who are just getting out of school. And here's the other thing I would say, because you, you say your daughter wants to be in PR, think about what the culture of PR is and what the goals of somebody in PR would be. And I'm thinking... This is a great opportunity for your daughter to get creative, um, create a platform on social media, create some kind of outreach, like like have her look at her job search as her own PR campaign and create something that makes her stand out from the other college students while also showing her interest and her knowledge in PR. I mean, I think this is a great opportunity for her to just, for you know, resumes, yeah, she'll need all that, but do something super creative on social media to grab the attention of some of these firms because while, um, you know, while she probably can go in and get an entry-level job, the hardest part is getting your foot in the door. And so I love Beth's suggestion. Sometimes just having these conversations, jobs will be created or there's an opportunity for her to volunteer, get her foot in the door part-time, take a, do temp work in PR firms because a lot of times temp work gives you the opportunity to prove yourself. And again, I know that's not what your daughter wants, but it's that step in the door that's the hardest. And I think some of these things will help her get there. Is that helpful, Stacey? Yeah, extremely helpful. I mean, I I love the creative part about it um, because I think, you know, that's what she studied and even though she studied English, she was more into the creative sector of her writing. So I think she can utilize that skill to, like you said, create a platform. I think that's something she didn't even think of, nor I did. And I didn't realize the statistics was that high with people that look online versus, you know, networking. I didn't realize that it was only 20% really that that get jobs offline. Yeah. So that's 
helpful. It's it, and that's really important for for everybody to know because I do think the job search is frustrating in and of itself, but it's even more frustrating when you feel like you're applying to job after job that you're a fit for and not getting a call. I mean, a couple of other things I want to tag on to that. Applicant tracking systems weed out 75% of resumes before they even see human eyes. And sometimes they're for legit reasons that there's not a match. Sometimes it's because of the formatting. Sometimes it's because they decided they have enough resumes and they're not going to collect anymore. I mean, there's so many things going on behind the scenes. But here's my PSA on this. If you're in a job search, any age, know this. The hiring process is not logical. It's not fair. It's not objective. We believe or we want to believe it's all of these things that it, it's, you know, it's, it's a smooth process, but it's none of these things. It's illogical. It's biased. It's unfair. It's frustrating. And so I think when you recognize that, then you can create a strategy that gets around all of that. And what I like about your daughter creating her own PR campaign, like, you know, instead of a resume, put together a PR campaign. Yeah, it's risky, but what does she have to lose at this point? She's not getting responses, but how fun would that be for her to show off her skills? And it's a lot less stressful to think about your job search as a PR campaign when that's your interest than to think about it as a resume and a cover letter, which is bleh. So good luck. <laughs> we are excited for your daughter, Stacey. Um, we, you know, we, we love to hear when uh, when how things turn out. So definitely give us a call back on Career Talk. We'd enjoy, we'd enjoy hearing how it goes. Hey, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM channel 132. And we're here with Beth Hendler-Grunt. And we love taking callers. So we're going to take a quick one before we go to break with David in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Dr. Graham. Um, quick question for you and Beth. With all the talk of, of the importance of internships, um, I've got a son who's a college senior, and he's taken on a couple of additional majors, and because of the workload over the summers with his extra classes, he hasn't actually had any internships. So is that going to be a problem for him, or, or how can he sort of frame that when he, when he starts interviewing? Yeah, David, did you, like, see my notes for the show or something? Because you're, <laughs> like, you're, like, you're asking the question that was coming up next. This is totally a great question and I think a lot of parents and students have this so Beth Beth what is your response to David yes great question and it's hard a lot of the students are needing to use the summers to take extra classes and credits so if your student comes out of school and they just were not able to take on an internship that doesn't mean that they're going to be limited they're going to just have to find ways of how did they demonstrate some of their skills in other ways what did they do in the classroom did they can they demonstrate their ability to work in a team was there a capstone class did they have leadership abilities were they doing research even volunteering on campus being part of a club Companies understand that students are just graduating. They're not going to always have this elaborate experience. So encouraging him to just get involved where he can on campus, if there's an opportunity to do something maybe in the fall or spring while he's there, whether it's part-time, helping a professor, doing some research, just finding other ways to expand your resume ultimately, that it's not solely classes, that there's other things that show that you have this diversity of experience and that you've had some roles to test out and build your skill set. Yeah, and a lot of classes that you can take, I'm not sure what um, major he's in, but have applied sections to them. So labs or other things you can do that combine real world experience, internships, practicum, other things like that. So perhaps that's something that 
um, your college student can seek out so that in addition to what's happening in the classroom, they're also doing projects and lab work or or other things that are applied. So that would be something that I would look out for as well. The other thing, um, uh, David, has, has your child visited the Career Center yet? Yeah, I think he's pretty involved in that. And, and what I'm thinking about is with his business classes, with all the presentations and all the, the teamwork with those presentations, everything is saved and everything's online and he can show that work to whoever he's talking to. So I think maybe the kids now are a little bit better equipped in that kind of situation than maybe we were years ago. Yeah, we did. We didn't. We word processors, dot matrix. <laughs> I, I digress, but um, I, I love that. And business classes often do projects for real companies, and or you know maybe it's not real time for the company, but it's based on a real company. So I mean, I think those those projects can be very valuable, and and students need to start looking at them as, hey, this is real data. These are real people. This was real a real problem that this right. company had that we worked on, and. So I think that is a different way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely encourage students can have some of their key projects on their resume. If they were able to show an impact and how they were able to help come to an outcome and that demonstrate a skill set, they can absolutely represent it and talk about that. Another great way is if they did well in class to be a TA, to be a teaching assistant. That's also another nice way of showing leadership, that you clearly have a command of material, that the professor, you're engaged with them. So those are other great things to consider as well. I think, um, you know, you got to do what you can. And but wherever you can try to just be involved and have things to talk about. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us a call, David. Great question. And we really appreciate all of our listener questions on Career Talk Series XM channel 132. And now we have to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. Okay, so Al Pacino and Quentin Tarantino's first jobs were the same. They both did this. Hey, think you know, 844 Wharton. What what did Al Pacino and Quentin Tarantino do as their first jobs? Give us a call here on Career Talk, 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. And we will be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. And welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio and we're powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, channel 132. And hey, if you missed the pre-break quiz, Al Pacino and Quentin Tarantino's first job were both the same. What is it? What is it? 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So just a reminder, October 10th is World Mental Health Day, a day for global mental health education awareness and advocacy against social stigma. And this year, the World Federation for Mental Health has made suicide prevention the main theme. As a licensed psychologist, I think this is a really important topic and certainly very, very relevant to today's topic with Beth Hendler-Grunt, because we're talking about college students and the pressure of college and finding a job. And, you know, I, I think it's important to share that last month, the executive director of the University of Pennsylvania's Counseling and Psychological Services killed himself. He spent 20 years as a counseling center director at various universities. He had a PhD in counseling psychology, taught several graduate classes in this area. And the reason I share this is because no one is immune. 
We need to stop being ashamed to ask for help when we're struggling. We need to stop avoiding asking our loved ones if they need help because we're afraid we're being intrusive. And sometimes just broaching the topic can be the difference someone needs to know you care. So hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM 132, October 10th, World Mental Health Day. Take a break, be good to yourself, and reach out to a loved one and just say, hey, I'm here for you. So we're here with Beth Hendler-Grunt. Great next step, talking about all things college and how grads can pave the way to a successful career. If it's Thursday, of course, we're taking our calls live at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And Beth, where can people reach you if they want more information? Sure, they can reach us at nextgreatstep.com. And on the top of our page, there's a quiz. If you want to see if your student or grad is ready to launch, take our quiz and we'll give you customized feedback on how to help them. Free quiz. And and if you are a college student or a loved one of a college student or a new grad, you definitely want to bookmark Beth's page. She posts a lot of great content and you definitely want to follow her on social media take the quiz and we're gonna go right to the phones again we're gonna go to doug in new york doug welcome to career talk what's on your mind today hey how are you today so my daughter graduated from rutgers two years ago with uh, an it degree she had a lot of trouble finding like a permanent position and she's worked on and off but she's not motivated And um, my question, I guess, is, is the job search different for a recent grad versus someone who graduated, let's say, two years ago? Oh, interesting. So tell tell us a little bit more about what your daughter's field is. Uh, She's um, interested in coding and things along those lines. And, um, you know, it's just finding a permanent. Everyone wants a temp for a few months to get a project done, but she's looking for something permanent. And is she taking those temp assignments when they come up? When they, she was in the beginning taking everything they were throwing at her. Now I feel that uh, she's let off the gas a little bit. You know, she's not as motivated as she was. Yeah, I'm it's trying to frustrating. figure out, you know, maybe how we could light that fire again. Yeah, Beth, how can how can Doug light that fire under his daughter to get motivated to get back in the job search? Yeah, the first thing that this is more common than people realize that the majority of a lot of parents that we're talking to, they haven't, the kids are having, you know, years. And if they graduated a few years ago and they're sending out hundreds of resume, they need to break out of the pattern. You know, something's not working right and change up their strategy. So they really need to start thinking about, you know, how can they con- take control of the process and start deciding where do I want to work? Where do I really want to be? And having some clarity about getting focused. And as I said earlier, also having some clarity about who they are and what they can bring to an employer. A lot of students have so many things to offer, they're just not confident in how they say it. So no matter how great your grades or your school, if you can't communicate, it's going to be really hard for someone to read your mind <laughs> to then ultimately hire you. You want to be able to make sure that maybe you know help her to get her story down. What are her core skills? Make sure she's targeting very specific people. Um, The other thing, too, that I find when students have been out for a while is maybe it's time to just kind of get a certification or maybe there's something you can do part time or even internships when they're a few years out, they can use that. And by all means, they can go back to career services at their universities. A lot of students don't realize they can still access that resource, which we highly recommend. I mean, you invested a lot of time in these schools. Go back. Tell them that what you're looking for. Ask for help. Uh, 
use your alumni network. That's another phenomenal way of take a look at other people that you graduated with that had the same major, whether it's through your school portal. You can look for it on LinkedIn. There's an alumni tool that's free. You could just click the icon for your own school on your own profile, and it leads you to a way to search people that had the same major or have jobs in the same field. And people are very friendly when it comes to talking to fellow alumni. So those are just some ideas of how to kind of get it going. Yeah, that is a, that is a great list, Beth. And that's, that, yeah, I'm like that's 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 phenomenal. <laughs> we'll repost the show. We'll repost the show on iTunes down. so you can have your daughter listen to it. Um, But, you know, the other thing that's interesting, Doug, that may just help with your daughter's perspective, a lot more companies are moving towards contingent workforces. So they're moving towards more hire for the project or hire for the work versus hire for a permanent position or fill that headcount. It's it's the way that jobs are changing to meet the demands of the changing market. So it's not unusual for, for companies to either start with somebody in a project or just hire for that type of work in a project. But the other thing I think is if your daughter gets a temp job, these can be a great way to lead to a permanent role. And in a temp job, the best way you can do that is put yourself all in. Don't look at yourself as a temp. Look at yourself as a contributor to the company, to the team. Ask how you can help. Ask how you can go above and beyond. Go to lunch with people in in the department. You know, immerse yourself in and look at it as a career versus a temp job. You know, if you need to work some extra hours, come in early because companies are always looking to bring on great team members. And if your daughter can go in there and let them know, hey, you know, really excited about this project, would be interested in a longer term role should it come up and immerse herself in that, that can be a really good way to get your foot in the door. So just something else if she has another temp job coming up. And, you know, if she doesn't, why not loop back with a lot of the companies she has done temp work with to see if there's any open roles or at least to let them know, hey, you know, I'm definitely open to longer term roles should they come up. So lots of lots of suggestions. Um, If you didn't take notes, we'll be replaying the show. So no worries on that. Check out the times for replays on my Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. And Doug, thank you so much. And we wish your daughter all the best. She's in a great field. I'm going to say she is in a great field. So she will she will definitely continue to find work. I don't think that will, will be a problem anytime soon. Hey, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Well, Dion, why don't we answer our pre-break quiz? We haven't heard from you all show. So what did Al Pacino... Well, that's normal. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, not always. Not always. What did Al Pacino and Quentin Tarantino do for their first job? I'm going to say they delivered pizzas. No. Oh. No, does this help? Um, Al Pacino got fired. <laughs> uh, why would that help? Yeah, it doesn't really, I guess. <laughs> but why, why would my hint help you? Why would, why would today be any different? Fair enough. All right. Well... Michelle, do you have any idea? It's not pizza. It's actually... Re- okay, I've got another hint. It's actually sort of related to what they do now-ish. Oh. Oh. Ish. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the important part. They did voiceover acting. Not that related. Ah. Um, <laughs> that's why I added the ish. Uh, they worked in theaters. They worked in cinemas doing... Being ushers, maybe serving popcorn to you. I don't know. Why did he get fired? I don't know. Oh. I know. That's like something. He stole popcorn. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but I did some exploration on a lot of people's first jobs in, in light of this show. And Madonna worked at Dunkin' Donuts. George Clooney sold insurance. 
Um, so, <laughs> what was your first job? Um, I was <laughs> washing hair in a salon. Love it. Washing hair, but it was in New Jersey, and my my claim to fame is I got to wash Richie Sambor's father's hair. <laughs> that's that's my claim to fame. And he, wow, that's yeah. good. No, that was very exciting for a thirteen-year-old. You have to know. But I, this is the funniest one I found. Christopher Walken's first job. Um, he briefly worked in the circus as a lion tamer. And I, I know, and it just like so fits Christopher Walken. I can't even. So, wow. I, I could see him taming a tiger. I, I, yeah, I could totally see him doing mm-hmm. that job too with a straight face and trying to talk to the tiger. But anyway, my point of bringing this up is wait, wait, did you switch from lion to tiger? That was me. The, that was Michelle. <laughs> I just and bears. Oh my! <laughs> I just went with it. Thanks. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, but here's the thing: success is not limited to where you begin. So, as we've been talking about all show, Beth, the the goal is to get experience. Um, I would I would love to see you write a resume for a former lion tamer. Moving. <laughs> <laughs> Ability to control the audience, or yeah, yeah, I lived. That should be like exactly. I was. Six, I was I survived because I lived. Yeah, we want a past tense first word, right? I survived. Survived being eaten. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to Career Talk Serious XM Channel One Thirty Two. We're here with Beth Hendler Grant, who helps hundreds of college students and recent grads find work so if you are the parent of a recent grad or maybe you are a recent grad we'd love to hear from you if it's thursday noon eastern we're live 844-942-7866 so i want to go back to the career center because i you know true confessions i didn't even know such a thing existed when i was in college so i never went to the career center just thought i had to do it on my own and and so when i started teaching college students one of their assignments was literally you have to go to the career center meet with the counselor i don't even care if you're looking for a job you have to figure out the resources because i think it's important for students to know so as as a parent who's looking at schools and maybe considering what colleges their students should go to. I mean, what, what kind of questions should they be asking about the Career Center, Beth? I mean, I think there's a lot of questions you should ask. I think there's also, there's a two-part process. You know, you want to look for schools that have an importance of getting the students engaged to go to career services. One of the biggest challenges, and I've spoken with multiple different heads of career services at different universities, is that it's not a required part of the curriculum. It's optional. Mm-hmm. So they have to launch their own sales campaign, campaign just to get kids to come. They have the resources. They have employers. They have people that want to help but they have to convince students to show up. So that's one thing to understand. I think you want to understand, you know, what their, how, do they measure their success rate of kids coming out with of school with, um, with a job? But the bigger thing is that you as a parent, making sure that your student take advantage of these services. Because there's a statistic that, you know, four in 10 never go never go at all and then they come out and they're like wow I don't I didn't realize it was going to be this hard and as I say to everybody this is the only time in your life that a company is coming to look for you Mm -hmm. uh, where you are either in the career service center or at a career fair so take advantage of these resources while you have them and it's kind of you know a lot of kids just think oh I have plenty of time or I have 
family connections and that'll work out for me. But what's happening is they don't realize, one, how hard that is, that the family connections don't always pan out, that it's very competitive to get get a job, and they don't have as much time as they think they do. Mm-hmm. And when they finally realize they should have gone sooner, it's harder because they don't have as many internships or experiences or they didn't start early enough. You know, now is like main recruiting time for people graduating, by the way, like September, October, Students who are graduating this coming spring right now is a pretty heavy, even back to August it started, especially here where we're in in finance, it starts early. Mm -hmm. So just that understanding of how early it starts and that you need to take advantage of these resources that are there for you. Yeah, and it's really interesting to walk by. We have obviously multiple career centers here, and I know a lot of schools have multiple career centers, sometimes geared towards specific industries or majors, but it's really interesting to see around April how busy they are, April of the year you're graduating. And I'm not going to say it's too late because it's never too late, but it's interesting how many students wait until that point. So if you are listening or you're the loved one of somebody in college, tell them to go now. Yeah. It's not as busy. <laughs> they can they don't have to wait in line. They can get in. They can figure out what resources are available and then get ahead of the crowd. Not only that, I literally, I mean, so many major companies, uh, major sports teams, people, a lot of kids want to work with different, they have just opened up their internships like October 1st for the following summer, or they just opened up their jobs right now for the following summer. So mm-hmm. you want to be early. You want to be the first one in. You want to get in before they start filling all the spots. So get in now and talk to them because this is hiring. A lot of some companies, I'll say more finance oriented, they want to have all their hiring done by Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So and then you know people say they didn't know. So here's your secret. We're telling you now, get started early and it'll really put your student uh, at an advantage. Yeah. And a lot of these firms hire their former interns. Yes. So which is, again, it's another reason, even if you're not a senior, to start early because you, you get in, you build a relationship. And if that's a firm that you think you want to work at, you maintain that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. 844-942-7866. We're talking all about college, recent grads, how to get a job, all those frustrating things that come up when you can't get a job and why you should not be applying online as your primary resource. We're here with Beth Hendler-Grunt. And if you are a college student or the parent of a college student, you're going to want to follow her and her information and her advice because she's helped hundreds of college students to land successful roles. So we talk about networking a lot. And I, I I think this is something that because, like you said, there's a lot of job fairs and other things going on at colleges that that college students don't often think about doing. But what types of things can college students do to build their network or even recent grads to build their network with people who can help get them in front of decision makers, Beth? Yeah, I mean, starting really early. And by the way, I tell students start as a freshman. You don't need this big job necessarily, but Get to know your professors. Your professors know a lot of people in the field. They're the ones that you're sitting in front of in class. By the way, it could help you do better in class if you get to know them a little bit better. But definitely get to know your professors at school. Also, get involved. Getting involved in activities that allow you to be a part of a team or demonstrate leadership or learn something. Or you never know, the person who was your uh, team member on that club, they might be able to bring you into a potential job opportunity down the road. So getting involved and and making that a part of it. The other thing students should think about in networking, a lot of them are afraid. They don't know how to network. They don't know what to say. So just coming up with like, what's your pitch? How are you going to introduce yourself? Your name, your major, 
What are some of the skills that you're good at? And what are you hoping to do? And maybe, you know, and I'm hoping to learn more about what you do. So getting your pitch figured out, the more you can have that um, practiced and rehearsed and then just sharing with people that you're with, the better. Yeah. There, and, you know, at some point you're going to need a reference. And so it's not if you're, if you're a senior and you reach back out to your sophomore professor who had you for one class, they're going to say, uh, tell me your name again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. I tell freshmen, parents of freshmen, they sometimes look at me like I'm crazy, that they should go to the career fair. And people say, well, why should a freshman go to the career fair? And I said, the number one reason why freshmen should go along with sophomores is that they need practice. Mm -hmm. They need practice talking to people. They also need to walk in and realize there are hundreds of other students there and it can be overwhelming and intimidating and you need to have a plan. I Actually, if you want to go on my website, I have a little free mini course that teaches you how to plan for a career fair. But the sooner that you can get practice earlier in your college career and just getting exposure, by the time you're a junior, you're like, okay, I've been here before. I've seen this. Now I feel comfortable and I'm ready to go. Yeah, and I think I think you talk a lot in your articles about how students are just, they're scared to take the first step. They're scared to reach out to that person. They're scared of getting a no. They're scared they're not going to know what to say. What, what do you say to how to get over that fear? Because I think once you take the first step, then it's a lot easier. Yeah. What I tell all of them is that you have so many talents. What's the worst that could happen? What's the absolute worst? The person says, I'm sorry, I'm not interested right now. And they're like, okay, thank you. And can I keep in touch? I think they're afraid of something that's not really um, so dangerous. It's just take the chance because they have so much to offer. They have so many talents and skills. And it's those that take the risk and the chance that have actually greater success. And once you get over the hump, like you said, you realize it's not so scary. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's all about standing out. So I think we talked earlier with our caller about putting together a PR campaign if you want to get a job in PR. And, you know, I'm not saying that you should you should put up a billboard. You hear all these things and, oh, yeah, that worked for one person. But think about your field. Think about what is impressive in your field. And don't look at the job search as resumes and cover letters and, you know, checking boxes and applying online. But, but step back and say, how can I stand out? What, what types of unique skills? How can I use social media? Maybe you're really good at social media. How can you use that to get in touch with some of the employers that you're interested in? One of the things that I think college students do well is finding ways around rules. And so if <laughs> yes. you're good at this, why not use it in your job search to stand out? Because if you don't stand out, you may never have the opportunity to get in front of a decision maker and plead your case. That can be the hardest part. So absolutely. So do that. Stand out. Beth, it's always fantastic having you in a studio. We always learn so much from you and your work. Can you please share one more time where listeners can learn more? Sure, absolutely. You can go to nextgreatstep.com and at the top of the page there's a quiz about whether you can determine whether your student or grad is ready to launch. And based on the feedback, we'll give you customized advice about how to guide them as to where they are in the process. Fantastic. You can't you can't love anything more than than free resources. So thank you so much, Beth. It's been great having you here. Of course, Michelle and Dion always make the show so much fun. Of course, our listeners and callers, we're here live for you every Thursday at noon Eastern to take your calls and questions on any and all job search topics. And if you think you might be switching careers, you might want to check out my LinkedIn learning course. Just type in Don Graham switching careers on LinkedIn and you will find that course. So thank you again for everybody for making this an awesome show. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM channel 132 and we will see you next time. 
For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.